Good morning. My name, name is Ken Carson. It's my uh, pleasure to welcome you to this academic convocation, which traditionally opens the fall semester. In particular, I want to welcome the new students uh, who are with us this year. Whether you're here as a new freshman or as a transfer student, we are excited that you are with us. You are the reason why we do what we do. I hope and pray that your first week of classes has gone well. And I want to encourage you to seek out advice and assistance if things are not going well. Faculty, resident directors, RAs, the staff in the access office, librarians, all stand ready to assist you in your transition to college generally and to this college specifically. One way we, to characterize our mission at Geneva is that we want to help students, we want to help you learn how to love God with your minds. The primary purpose of this academic celebration is to remind ourselves of this high calling. Of course, this is an academic celebration, so instead of feasting or dancing or lively music, we do this by hearing from one of our excellent faculty by recognizing the academic achievements of students and by celebrating the accomplishments of certain members of the faculty. But you're allowed to make noise, so when the appropriate time comes, please express yourself. For the most part, we will let the printed program tell you who we are and what our role is in this morning's ceremony. Thank you for being here to celebrate the gift of learning. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome back. For the last time, Happy New Year. This is a time of celebration, a new opportunity, a new beginning, uh, and we want to embrace it. We have been praying for you. We will continue to pray for you. It's what we do. It's who we are. We like that. We're excited you're here. We're excited to engage you in what we've started to refer to as the Geneva Challenge both in and out of the classroom. Our hope, our prayer, is that you will engage the challenge to its fullest. So let, re let me remind you that you're not alone in any of this, that we're with you, we're here, and God is with us. As his word tells us, I'm gonna take a little liberty here, kind of make it academic. Don't send me emails this afternoon. The word of God tells us that as we look to the hills, where does our help come from? And if you know, say it with me. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The world also tells us that Christ is before all things. Our trials, our triumphs, our temptations, our classes, our papers, and yes, even poli-sci. He is. New students, you'll understand soon what that means. In him, my friends, all things hold together. Now, we are liable to get tired. We are liable to get frustrated. We may even get discouraged by all of this. But we know, we know that God gives us strength to increase and to help us. He strengthens us, the weary, to increase the power of the weak. We know that even the young get tired and weary, stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will what? 
They will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let us never forget that in Christ, you are, we are, new creations. So we openly challenge you today to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, to throw off everything that hinders you and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance. Indeed, let us run together as a community. First and foremost, the race of our faith, but indeed the race of our studies and of leadership, of research and papers, athletic competition, clubs, intramurals, jobs, fellowship and relationships, indeed of advising and teaching, administrating, mentoring, let us run together. And whatever we do this year, this 2011-2012, let us agree today to do it all to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. May God bless you this year. May God bless Geneva College. Pray with me. Father God, as we begin a new semester in this little corner of your kingdom, we are filled with expectation about what is to come. Your mercies truly are new every morning, and in the dawn of a fresh academic year, we come before you claiming these mercies for the life of this institution and for our students. You have been merciful to us. At times, your graciousness is abundantly clear, and at times it is subtler, in the mundane everydayness of life, and even in grief. Lord, we have had our fill of both joy and sorrow, and our prayer today is that we are ever watchful and sensitive to the movements of your spirit amongst our community as we laugh and learn and as we lament and mourn. Lord, there are many ways in which we as individuals and as an institution have missed the mark. In our brokenness, we do not strive for holiness, compassion, and love. For these things, Father, forgive us. Forgive me. Bring to this place and to your people a spirit of unity and difference and reconcil reconciliation where strife reigns. You are before all things. You hold all things together. And it is through your work on the cross that all things, visible and invisible, are being reconciled. But also, Lord, stir in us a humility that regards even our best efforts as filthy rags before your throne. Lord, we, we remember that you, in your goodness, have placed us in this context of education. As we explore your cosmos, may we do so with curious minds and thirsty hearts. Aid us as we seek to know and to love the good, the true, and the beautiful. We pray for President Smith and his leadership team as they seek to foster an environment where living, working, and learning can be deep and rich, marked by grace, kindness, and also by rigor. Be with our faculty as they strive to cultivate learning communities that are thickened by a care-filled study in the liberal arts, science and technology, education, business, and all of the other disciplines Lord represented here. May their pursuits in teaching and scholarship be enlivened by a deep love for their students and for your kingdom. We pray that your lordship would be the unifying thread across the curriculum.
Strengthen and encourage our staff in their roles serving students. May each and every one consider their work as important in the process of learning. And Lord, most of all, be with our students. Help us to remember that they are the reason for our efforts. Grant them strength and resolve as they seek to learn and grow. May they develop not only in knowledge and understanding, but also in habits of the heart and practices that will equip them in each of their callings to love you and their neighbor. Father, do not allow them to be complacent, but cultivate, cultivate in them a craving for opportunities in the classroom, on the athletic field, in the community, and in their residence halls. I pray that the peace of Christ would truly rule in our hearts and that we would always be thankful. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. It is my pleasure to introduce to you the faculty member that received the Excellence in Teaching Award last year at this time. Stephanie Schindel is a 1990 graduate of Geneva College, earning bachelor's degrees in both psychology and chemistry. Two years later, she received her master's in professional psychology also from Geneva. Professor, Professor Schindel started teaching part-time at Geneva about 15 years ago. In 2004, she took on a full-time position in the Department of Psychology and Human Services. During her years here, she has consistently been rated a superior teacher on the student evaluation forms, many times scoring perfect fives. On the award nomination, one student wrote, you have showed me what it truly means to love your job. You show what it's like to glorify God through your work. Thank you for caring for us and showing us your passion in teaching. It makes me want to learn more. Another said, she brings to the classroom excitement and creativity. Above all else, I think I am most impressed with her ability to integrate the Christian faith into her lectures. The many other student comments express similar sentiments indicating her commitment to her students and her joy of teaching. She welcomes each class with a smiling face and a warm heart. So now let us welcome her, Stephanie Schindel. Thank you for the warm welcome. For the first nine years of my professional life, I attempted to coerce my non-traditional students into compliance with their educational standards using my credentials, this badge, and through the threat of punishment using these handcuffs. Now, I should perhaps mention that those non-traditional students were probation and parole clients I supervised as part of my responsibilities as a probation officer. I should also make it clear that I no longer keep a set of handcuffs in my desk. At Geneva, we typically frown upon handcuffing students to their desks as part of a mandatory studying program. So why begin opening convocation referencing my gun-toting, arrest-making past? Well, it is because of a question that I now receive from my students. They inquire as to how I survived in a field where there seems to be such minimal success. 
Considering the significant pressure in our society to be successful, I'm not surprised by that question. Unfortunately, our culture seems to judge a person's value with their success in education, career, sports, or other esteemed areas of life. I think there is a more poignant question, though. What does it even mean to be successful? To illustrate, let me share a case. We supervised a young man on house arrest for a DUI. He had a history of substance use violations, so his house arrest sentence was over six months. During that time, he completed substance abuse treatment, he passed his drug tests, reported regularly to his intermediate punishment officer. He was even polite and respectful throughout his supervision. He was eventually terminated from house arrest having successfully completed the terms of his sentence. If the completion of requirements truly indicated a success for the system, then why did he resume his alcohol use and die in a fiery car crash that was reportedly alcohol-related within a short period of his termination? This was a case in which the system supposedly had rehabilitated someone. As director of the department, I had reported the case closed on the positive outcome section of my statistical report, yet the final result was hardly one that I considered successful. It sounds hypocritical, doesn't it? You see, I've given this much thought because each day that I travel home from work, I pass a wooden cross and some flower wreaths that his family has placed on the side of the road where that crash occurred. What happened to his so-called success? What about other cases that were successfully closed, yet eventually resulted in a second or third offense? If our efforts as human service professionals were successful, why did I witness such high rates of recidivism? Why even attempt rehabilitation? Why bother? If I am honest, I struggled with that question, but the scope of that question in my life was not simply limited to my career. See, I think that is part of our struggle in society today. The fear that if I do everything according to plan, if I play the game according to the rules, if I jump through the right hoops, I still might not be successful. Perhaps that is your concern as you think about a new semester, or perhaps as you prepare for graduation. Pause for a moment. Think about your definition of success. What matters to you as you begin a new academic year? For me, I have concluded that success is much more than the satisfactory completion of some program, some agenda, or dare I say, even an academic curriculum. Now obviously, we do believe there is a correlation between the quality of one's education and future success. Hence, I think it is logical to explore the essential components of an effective education. Neil Postman, in his book, Technopoly, asserts that in our postmodern world, we have failed to put forward a clear vision of what constitutes an educated person, unless the definition is based upon the acquisition of marketable skills. The risk is that such a person may possess coveted skills, but lack commitment or even a point of view. Hence. An educated person possesses something more than just a skill set. In fact, Postman suggests that the most important educative contribution 
that an academic institution can make is to provide students with a sense of coherence in their studies, a sense of purpose, meaning, and interconnectedness in what they learn. An educated person realizes that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. If you fail to see the connection among the core and your major and the electives you choose, you will become frustrated by what mistakenly appears to be a fragmented curriculum. I hope that my human service students grasp the contribution of Political Science 352 to their understanding of social policy as it relates to effective practice. The philosophical underpinnings of politics broaden their understanding of the system and will serve to make them more effective practitioners. Parker Palmer adds that effective education is not simply a product to be obtained. As students, you are more than the mere recipients of information. Education involves a process. It is a process that involves accepting the challenge to use discernment, become an explorer, and embrace a path of discovery. Make no mistake, the process can be costly. Effective education can and should disrupt your sense of homeostasis. It should require the courage to examine your sense of self. The earliest expectations of American higher education did not compartmentalize the moral and spiritual development from the intellectual development of the student. In fact, the goal was to educate and morally uplift coming generations. Successful learning was not then, nor should it be now, reduced simply to the mastery of material. Effective education should challenge your identity and your integrity. It is a call to service. While adequate pay, financial stability, and purpose of your work and life are relevant criteria in exploring careers, they are not suitable for your central motivation. Christian higher education challenges you to connect your career exploration and preparation to the divine intentions of human life. This type of service is not just an occupation or something done to fulfill a psychological need. It is not even some action that will earn you recognition. This call to service involves a connection to a larger ideal in life, to love God and to love others. Martin Luther never conceived of work as the road to self-fulfillment, nor as a tool for self-promotion. Therefore, the preparatory path to your future vocation, your education at Geneva College, is more than preparation for a specific career. Our desire is to challenge you to seek the realization of your potential as one who is created in the image of God and to assist you in developing your God-given abilities. In doing so, you will experience the purpose of Christian education to glorify God, and to enjoy him forever. This requires that you consider the urgency of your priorities. Is your priority the mere completion of assignments or the memorization of theories so that you can achieve some desired grade? My concern is that while you may be able to successfully pass curricular requirements, that you will fail to discover what can truly be transformational in your thinking. Are you instead willing to take the time to think deeply about the topics and reflect how they relate to other areas of study? A Christian liberal arts education allows the gospel to illuminate the whole of reality, 
creating a space where you can join an academic community and draw on the depth and the breadth and the height of each other's questions. This type of educational process calls you out of self and into relationship with others for effective education occurs in community. It gives you the opportunity to engage the material and to relinquish self-protective mechanisms. It allows you to make mistakes without feeling a sense of shame because mistakes are part of the learning process. Effective education frees you to explore the whole of God's creation with wonder and amazement, and it gives you the freedom to find your voice and join a community of learning. This facilitation of discovery does increase your responsibility, but in doing so, it helps to reveal the breadth of a discipline and its interconnectedness to other disciplines. Such an interconnection serves to create a space needed for the learning process to flourish, a space that is shared by you, the faculty, and the co-curricular team. In our culture of immediate gratification, we resist the idea of patiently enduring any process. I have learned many lessons from my students who have engaged the educational process. For some, it has required them to be the first members in their family to enter the foreign and sometimes intimidating world of the academy. My students have reminded me that the process is confusing, unsettling, and imperfect. They have taught me that perseverance and vulnerability are more admirable than the mere appearance of competence. On more than one occasion, I have had students write on an idea evaluation that they wanted me to know that they really learned a lot about themselves as well as the subject, even though their grades did not fully reflect that, I want those students to know that I consider them to be successful. On another occasion, I had a student who had just completed a 90-hour practicum exclaim quite enthusiastically to the class how shocked she was to discover that so much of her coursework really did relate to the real world of human services. I think I was shocked that she was so shocked that coursework really does relate outside of Geneva. However, my point is that when she grasped the connection between the theories discussed in class and the real life challenges she saw in the field, she discovered the excitement of learning. As professors, we celebrate with you when you develop that kind of understanding. In those moments, you begin embracing the process rather than merely completing a list of requirements in order to complete a curriculum. Your success becomes something bigger, a commitment to a different way of living, a different way of seeing yourself and others, and a different way of responding to disappointments. In my discipline, the professional is not viewed as the expert, but rather as one who recognizes the value and dignity of the client and works with the client in the process. Opportunity structure, social environment, family relationships, educational opportunities, and other variables influence a person's sense of self. I have struggled with the question of who I would have become had I been subjected to some of the life variables of my clients rather than having the Christian parents and nurturing environment with which I was blessed. As I watched my clients battle addictions, I was challenged to look for the idols in my own life rather than to judge them for choosing drugs over freedom and family. My time in the criminal justice field challenged my sense of self and my definition of success. I was the professional, 
yet I was the learner. Effective education requires that we engage learning opportunities that God provides us, regardless of how surprising the context may be. It means that we accept the role of learner and we learn from each other, including the people that we serve. I'm a Geneva graduate, and my challenging Christ-centered education at Geneva prepared me to understand that success isn't just some outcome to be obtained. Success involves a willingness to engage the educational process rather than approach learning as a means to an end. Goals that are not for Christ are meaningless, for apart from him, nothing we do will have any eternal significance. John 15:5 reads, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. The same passage in the message reads, When you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Did you notice that the harvest, the fruitfulness, or perhaps we could imply true success, requires abiding in Christ, engaging that transformational process that he has for your life. So, how did I stay in a field where there seems to be such minimal success? How can I be so excited now to prepare students for similar experiences? My answer is rather simple. I have learned that success is about engaging the process. What about the discouraging statistics related to recidivism? Well, I've learned that recidivism is just part of the process for some. What about relapse? Well, I no longer think that success is diminished by relapse. In fact, relapse is actually an incredible learning opportunity. You see, I'm thankful for learning those lessons in the field because it shapes how I view success in the classroom. It is absolutely okay if your educational process looks different from everybody else's. In fact, it should. It doesn't have to be perfect. And it is supposed to be challenging. Your success is measured by who you are becoming. It is about moment-to-moment -moment obedience to a lifelong transformational process that God has for you, even when it is uncomfortable and costly. Think deeply about those questions from Humanities 303. What does it mean to be human? Who are you? What is the way things ought to be? What is the problem? What is the solution? The answer to those questions and others will influence how you respond to that crisis moment in your future, and it will come. When the concept of success seems elusive and you wonder what difference you can even make. My challenge to you as we embark on a new semester is to allow the classroom to become a place of exploration rather than a four-year mandatory sentence that requires some type of coercion. Develop a passion for learning rather than striving to avoid the punishment of a low grade. View the cost and the struggle in the learning process as signs of success rather than obstacles to be avoided. And most importantly, allow God to define success in your life and engage the process that he has for you. Thank you.
Thank you, Professor Schindel. Let me add my welcome as you join our academic community. My interaction with all of our faculty says that we continue to learn. That's true. We continue to learn. That's my happy task to acknowledge several groups of our faculty who are engaged in this process. As I announce each group, I'm going to ask you to stand. We'll hold our applause till you're all standing, and then we'll share in thanking and congratulating you. First of these, five faculty members were granted academic tenure last May by Geneva's Board of Trustees. Dr. Todd Allen, Associate Professor of Communication. Dr. Rodney Austin, Associate Professor of Chemistry. Dr. Kim Gall, Professor of Physical Education. Dr. Yvonne Trotter, Assistant Professor of Education. Dr. Brian Yowler, Associate Professor of Biology. Congratulations on this recognition of your work. Eight faculty members this past year received promotions in academic rank, again, in recognition of fine work on behalf of the students here at Geneva College. Dr. Ralph Ansel, Business Department, full professor. Dr. David Essig, Biology Department, full professor. Dr. Nancy Johnson, Education Department, full professor. Dr. Eric Miller, History Department, full professor. Dr. Scott Scheidemantel, the Bible Department, full professor. Dr. Melinda Stevens, chemistry department, full professor. And Dr. Maureen Vanderpool in leadership studies, full professor. Also promoted to associate professor, Dr. Brian Yowler in the biology department. Again, congratulations on your work and on this honor. Well, the freshmen are not the only ones joining us. We also have six new full-time faculty this year. Mr. Kyle Brenneman, Assistant Professor of the Library. Dr. Anthony Comer, Associate Professor of Engineering. Professor Matthew Foos, Assistant Professor of Business. Dr. Mario Ayanader, Associate Professor of Engineering. Professor Gordon Lewis, Associate Professor of Business. And Professor Lori Wynn, Assistant Professor physical education. Welcome to the learning community. I'm now pleased to announce the winners of the Excellence in Teaching and an Excellence in Scholarship Awards. We will begin with the Excellence in Teaching Award. Each year in the spring, students and faculty are asked to nominate a person that they believe is an outstanding teacher. And you just saw our example from last year. We try to keep these winners a secret until this time. I'm simply going to read a list of the comments that were from uh, the nominations from various people. And then we'll see how far we get before you guess who this person is. Here we go. Our alumni recommend this professor and mentor. This person is known 
for a creative approach to teaching and a passion to see students actively engaged in their learning. That could be many. This person enhances the educational climate at Geneva by their diligent scholarship. This person possesses a wealth of knowledge and experience that is, is passed on to students in fun and relevant ways. This person is incredibly intelligent, but their humble sense of humor is something that none of their students will forget. This person cares so much about their students, has a kind heart. This person is committed to their students, and I quote, I wouldn't be where I am today without their direction. This person is wise and gives people their full attention. Their door is always open. This person listens. This person is not a professor. They are a parent, a friend, a mentor. Here are some more clues. This person has taught at Geneva since 1992. This person has a BA in philosophy from Grove City College and an MA in religion from Pittsburgh Theological Seminary and a PhD in foundations of education from the University of Pittsburgh. It is my pleasure to announce this year's Excellence in Teaching Award goes to Dr. Terry Thomas. my pleasure to announce the Excellence in Scholarship Award winner who has been nominated by their peers. I went to the web pages just to see kind of what was going on with this person and this is what I found on that page. Books written, three, two in the works. Articles written, 12. Books reviewed, four. Popular books and articles, 23. Papers, presentations, lectures, and interviews, 44. Popular speaking engagements, 52. Current projects, four. Affiliations and memberships, that's in professional and community service, 10. And this person has their own website. That's a total of 153 professional activities, and that is not all of them. You might have a guess of who this person is, but here are a few more clues. This person has taught at Geneva since, 19, I'm sorry, since 2004. This person earned a BA in Interdisciplinary Studies and Philosophy from Cedarville College in Mass, uh, and an MA in Humanities Philosophy from Western Kentucky University, and finally a PhD from Temple University in Philosophy. It is my pleasure to announce that this year's Excellence in Scholarship Award goes to Dr. Esther Meek.
Congratulations to both of you. Gordy, I'm guessing that the president knows somebody named Gordon Lewis. We know that your name is Gordon Richards. He had it correctly printed in his program. He just misspoke. Would you uh, stand with me as we close in prayer? <clears throat> Dear Lord, be our vision, be our wisdom. You are our best thought. As we leave this place to study, to learn, to compete, to perform, and to live with that roommate, who we have a really difficult time with. Cause each of us to grow in the knowledge of the Lord, in biblical knowledge to be sure, and in knowledge gained from your creation. Grant us much light. Be with freshmen and sophomores, and juniors and seniors, and graduate students and adult students. Be with women and men be with athletes and singers and actors, be with instructors and assistant professors and associate professors and full professors, be with full-time faculty and part-time faculty, be with Steeler fans and Eagle fans, and yes, Lord, be especially close to those Bengal fans. None of us is capable, none of us is capable in and of ourselves. We are weak and frail and we tire easily. Give us strength and power to accomplish much. In the name of our Savior, the very Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. You are dismissed. You are dismissed. You are dismissed. You are dismissed. You are dismissed.